0: Coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars.
1: But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd.
0: Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I am the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions. And I am joined today, as always, by my two co-hosts. Stan Wilson Lee. Hello. And Chris Wilson Barnes.
1: Hi, Dave. Christopher Nolan owes me four dollars and twenty-seven cents.
0: But bef- three ninety-nine. But before we get to that, as Chris has already alluded, we are talking about uh, the next film in our Christopher Nolan filmography discussion, *The Prestige*. But first, I want to say that uh, I'm. I feel very bad because uh, Gina Belmont, co-host of This is a Takeover, one of our sister shows, uh, really wanted to be on this episode when I told her that uh, this is what we were discussing next. But my last week has been so busy and crazy that I forgot to tell her we were doing this until last night.
1: I mean, he forgot to tell me until last night.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. It's been a hard week, y'all. So, yeah, Gina, I'm very sorry. But uh, we are going to be discussing the 2006 Christopher Nolan film, The Prestige, and we have some very conflicting opinions about this movie. Um,
1: Once again, we all fall upon different parts of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. Um, as we always say, this movie is 15 years old at this point. It came out in 2006. We are not going to worry about spoilers if you haven't seen it. This is your chance to pause the podcast, go out and watch it. Uh, if it's been a while since you've seen it, maybe you want to refresh yourself on it and then come back and listen to the episode because we're going to talk about the plot of this film, very frankly. Starting with the fact that uh, a lot of my discussion topics are really just things that I wrote observations I wrote down for us to discuss. Uh, the first one being no one in this movie knows CPR, C- the-
1: CPR, which I looked it up after you put that topic out there um- it, it was it became more mo- in uh, in the more modern age it was around 1860 1890 so the, by this time CPR would have been a more common thing
0: yeah so CPR was codified in 1960 but mouth to mouth resuscitation for drowning victims i looked this up right before we started mouth to mouth for drowning victims was invented in 1740
1: <laughs> so really they shouldn't have looked on helplessly as she laid on the ground
0: yeah the entire plot of the film is predicated on uh angier one of the two magicians played by hugh jackman his wife is killed in a tragic magic accident
1: tragic magic
0: which is yeah tragic magic accident which is just fun to say (laughs) magical misery tour um she is accidentally uh killed not even really killed but as she is her her the trick is set up incorrectly by christian bale's character who
1: his actions here kick off the entirety of this movie
0: his actions her going along with them and also no one knowing mouth to mouth
1: yeah i I, well it's largely okay we'll get it i'll i'm not gonna get into it too yet
0: yeah don't bury the lead quite yet um but yeah realistically somebody there should have been like give her mouth to mouth nope no, it would have been a very short movie. Also, I suppose.
1: you left you left uh, breaking open the case to the oldest man on the stage in in the in the wings.
0: Right? Yeah, you give uh, Michael Caine's character Cutter uh, the axe so that he can free Who her. Did
1: not live up to his name.
0: No, he did not. But also, like for the most part, like the performances are really good. I have problems with the plot of the film, but they just left a golden opportunity sitting on the table. What could have been more dramatic than? Angier trying to resuscitate his poor dead wife and doing the classic "Come on, wake up!" while giving her mouth to mouth and chest compressions. Instead, he just stares at her and cries. I'm just saying they left an opportunity well, on the table like, here. But the thing
2: is, yeah, maybe, you're right. Like maybe, yeah. maybe he didn't know CPR or the the current um state of cpr at the time so it's like and he was afraid that he because she was kind of I, small so he might have broke her chest i'm he just gonna the say cpr compressions in the mouth to mouth he might have blew too much air into her chest cavity and blew it up so um, maybe he was afraid where did of you
0: get your doctor i'm doctorate. just gonna say
1: first of all impressive lung control stan <laughs> second of all i'm just gonna say with magicians performing as an act that is reliant on someone being trapped in a water tank
0: I'd learn has and it never come up before then like oh shit what if somebody starts drowning in there Borden, well I don't know we'll stare at him Borden seems but there's like a the, whole
1: lock thing so it's like you know Borden seemed like the guy who who does enough crazy prep that he wouldn't want to know all right like, he would at least know especially if he's gonna do something like what he did
0: yeah
2: but the thing is she agreed to if it if it was the bad not or not it doesn't matter she okay. agreed to experimenting with that and says and they tested and it worked fine beforehand so it's like well no they had never tested it prior no, no. to
0: that performance yeah, that had, night had
2: they not i, I want to no. i need to jump in
1: because she told them All right, we're
0: just we're just going to go ahead and jump right into this I'm sorry
1: i'm sorry she told them to do it now she disc. they discussed it backstage mm-hmm. and they and she said it's feasible but cutter jumps in and says it's not a wet knot it could fail or it could get too tight when they're on the stage what what you're saying this agreement moment is is essentially he's tied the knot and they nod to each other. That the, they're essentially saying that the knot is tied. Yes, the knot is tied.
0: No, because when, he starts tying the same knot that he always does, and uh-huh. he looks at her, and she looks at him, and that's when she gives him the little knot. Okay, fair. He unties the knot that he had tied and does the one that they were talking okay, about Okay, fine.
1: Everyone involved in this is stupid. Because <laughs> yes, I agree. Let me tell you, Except Olivia. but Alfred Borden is the most stupid because... And this is what ran through my head the whole time. This is an entire team thing. They are all involved in this trick and making it work. He's one part of it, and he has to do his goddamn part to make sure it works. Him suddenly deciding that his thing is better, even if she went along with it, fucks up the whole chain of things. And he decided on his own that he was was right. It doesn't matter that she agreed. They're all part of this. He fucked up the whole thing.
0: I'm not disagreeing with you. I am saying that equal blame is due to the four men standing around in a circle, none of whom knew mouth to mouth, as correct. you pointed it out, for a water trick.
1: Yes, you're right. Again, there too. I
0: say, how had it never come up before? Oh shit! Maybe one of us should learn mouth to mouth.
1: So the entire movie is predicated on everyone being stupid and obsessed. Yeah. Sorry. That's just that's where I fell at the, after watching this movie.
2: Well, well, obsession does cause a lot of stupidity, so
0: It does. Um but as we have pointed out, it would have been like a 20 minute movie had anyone known CPR and there's a lot of poor decision making in this film.
2: And she may have been sick anyway. Oh, come
0: on, f- oh, don't she, start. No. You know, Are fact, you si- The fact
2: that the fact that she may have had pre-existing conditions oh, excuse- that led to oh, her, god you know fully not being able to uh survive no the trick no i'm but, gonna shut that the, down the right now is that somebody <laughs> did somebody um did not because she passed out i think in the tank before right before so it's like she was she would have been fine in the if, if she would have been able to not panic and get her but when but she, that when was she, a- when she lost when she lost control of Getting her nod off, which she probably knew how to do, but then something happened and uh, something didn't actually go the way she wanted. She passed out. This happens all the time in magic,
0: you know? right? But people usually, die in their
2: tanks all the time. That—that that was the whole thing. I, I really—that was not, glossing over. Okay, about, all that right. Was no, ta- no, no. That was talked about in the movie about how people die in the t- in the water tanks so much. You know, I That's really why it's thought considered such one of the main tricks.
0: I really thought you were gonna propose the notion that she was already sick and therefore she wanted to die during the trick.
2: Don't give him an L.
0: Yeah. No you're not getting
1: a you're, no, you're not getting in a pre existing condition
0: like, that they did not foreshadow but, but, at all. But,
2: no. But or no, establish no, whatsoever. No. So we're gonna move these, on and these terms are profe- of, these they were professionals. They had worked together before, they they'd been working together. It's like it's like which is why when you go they, against the they, established plan things they, go wrong yes and and they relight but it was a calculated risk and on both their parts boy and, are they but bad but the thing at is he was he was willing Borden was willing to not to go along with the but, yeah, sure but sh, the established sure not, it wasn't yes. his wife <laughs> um, but the thing is she gave him permission.
0: She did. They were all and, and, stupid. And, and, Everyone and involved agreed, in this decision making process. A lot process. of stupidity
2: involved, but I'm not sure if I'm going to hang my hat on him. Him being the only he took the
1: instigator. Initiative. He took the initiative to start fucking this up. They're, they're both
0: was, at fault. If she had looked at him and shook her head and like, no, 60, I don't 40. want to try because it because she 60, was 40. the
2: one that okayed it with Angie. It's like, I can do it. I can do it, and I want to She was to also
0: dumb because she
1: also allowed the decision to happen on stage and not discuss it with anyone else. I she agree also, with that. It,
0: yeah. No, she had not cleared it with Angier, because remember, he spends the rest but, of the movie wondering but, which knot Borden tied.
2: Right, but what I'm saying is that um, she had previously said, we can do this. It's not like something you know that I'm afraid to Well, of to course, because that's ego you know, playing we, in there said, saying,
1: oh, well, I can. of course I can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we... Uh, Chris has a point here, and that cutter told them flat out, don't tie this knot. And then the two of them went behind his back and decided that they were going to try it anyway, and it got her killed. A lot of stupid decision-making, and we're going to move into the next round of (laughs) stupid decisions that characters made in this movie, which is that no one has peripheral vision. No, And that's not exactly a stupid decision that they made. It's just... just Bad eyesight. It's just a complete lack
2: of... It's just, okay. Maybe if there were glasses for everybody... You know, people had their I'm not own googling contact. when
0: we're glasses. Invented. No, they, no were, they, they were prevalent during Ben that. Franklin.
2: Remember? But um, so it's like, can I just say, glasses and uh, content cleanses may have been helpful in their situations. I can I? Know. Can
1: I just say, I, I'm not gonna make this a, a Nolan bashing thing, but this seems to be a problem with his and his brother's writing, <laughs> where for the for things for things like this to work, they don't have peripheral vision.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a lot. of... This is a. A very prevalent thing in in a lot of people's early works is, uh, and it's not just the Nolans. It's every early writer. I feel you have to move the plot along, and instead of finding a a, a coherent way of doing that, you just co- contrive a coincidence.
1: Or as Tebetros <clears> so, calls it, the idiot ball. Someone has to hold the idiot ball, I, right? I, and everyone got their own in this movie okay.
0: multiple times. And
2: having not read the original source material, I haven't either. Um, uh, do we blame it solely on Jonathan Nolan or is is he adapting straight from the book that it was based on so from it's what like, I... what did the original author, how did they...
0: From what I understand, the book and the movie are very different. Yeah. But but what I'm talking about specifically is the amount of times the plot is moved (laughs) along just because of the fact that someone did not notice something that was literally in their face. It starts with Borden's magic show, where, spoiler alert, his twin brother is the person picking the volunteer for the bullet catch. I gotta
1: talk about that later, but go ahead.
0: (laughs) Uh, Fallon... Is in charge of picking the person, I'm the volunteer sense. for the bullet catch trick, and he picks Angier, who has only grown a scraggly beard. That's it. He should well, have I immediately realized. I don't
1: even think he grew that, because based on on Borden's disguises, I think they were just, you know, using oh, yeah, sta- staged uh, beards and makeup.
0: Yeah, so he was wearing a beard. Alfred noticed, Alfred Borden noticed as soon as as he he he... saw him, he realized, oh, shit, that's Angier and he's holding a loaded gun. As soon as
1: he looks up, he's like, oh, yeah, that's him.
0: And then later during um, Angier's show, Olivia, his new assistant, played by Scarlett Johansson, picks a volunteer out of the audience and also Borden, Christian Bale's character. You ought to know you're working for a man. You should know who his arch nemesis is. If I ever pick, I'm just saying. If I ever hire an assistant, I'm going to make sure that assistant knows who my arch nemesis is, and not to let him volunteer for something I'm doing. But in
2: in their defense, they're dumb people. People appear not to be able to pick, you know, Bruce Wayne and Batman as the same person. I think the mask helps. But the thing is, after all this time, you know, it's like of them not being in the same room together. You know, it's like. But they, spent, they should have figured it they out. They spent
1: enough time but, but together. I, like, if I saw Dave coming towards me in a fake beard, I'd spot it.
2: Yes, Borden and Al Angiers spent time together, but I don't think the brother, Borden's brother, spent much time. So the idea that he may have...
0: They just, were constantly switching places, though. Alfred and quote-unquote Fallon, yes. like him and his twin brother, spent time switching places and as Fallon. And were always Fallon. near each other. Yeah. So... The, but, the but brother it, playing Fallon at that show 100% should have been able to pick out um, Angier. And Angier not, and fa- Olivia should have 100% been able to pick out Borden before I, I agree, he was allowed to trip. I, I
2: agree with the Olivia picking out uh, Borden, but because um, c- did not the brother, uh, Borden's brother, come in until after...
0: He was there the entire. time. He was time. there
2: the entire time. Yeah, that's like he was...
0: says at the end. They were always switching places. Sometimes one of them was Alfred, and sometimes one of them was Bort. Uh, was Fallon even
2: during the yes the group the team the original oh, yeah, team? Yeah. up yeah. They were they were switching days. Okay. They were off and on. Yeah, because um, I thought he came in later. That's why. To do that's
1: that's that. why when Borden's at the funeral, he says he honestly doesn't know which knot he used. Right. Because right.
2: that's yeah. That's they, right. like
1: yeah. Dave and I discussed it. Yeah. It's like. Which uh, one of the brothers who whichever brother tied it could have misremembered or they said they could have
0: tied. Yeah, it. Or they just went and they lied to Alfred and said, no, I, I totally tied the right knot. Therefore, and one Alfred of them have, doubted. Yeah. One of them has no idea which one the other tied. But the most egregious example of what I'm talking about here is getting towards the climax when Angier invites people on stage to look at his Tesla machine and Borden just fucking gets up and goes up there. He walks right by Angier, walks up and into the Tesla machine, is touching things and then fucks off to go backstage. Angier never notices. But I think notices. in
1: that case he he knew because isn't that He wanted he wanted he, wanted he wanted he wanted Borden him to, come, to get right?
2: caught. He because okay, that's why they right. set up the shows. That's the only one top. where
1: it's like, yes, he's he's turning a blind eye because he knew Borden couldn't help himself.
2: Because that's why they set up the shows across from Borden's shows, right?
0: Well, at that point, Borden's show was closed. Was closed. Yeah, yeah. But,
2: but they purposely opened up across the street from where he was doing his shows and because he knew that would draw him in, right? I think you're
1: confusing it. And uh, he set it up, uh, I think, was it maybe in the first... Theater. There was
0: a point in the movie you're thinking of earlier where Borden specifically chose the Pantages Theater across, across the street from, mm-hmm. a, as a way of fucking with Angier. But at the, by the end of the movie, yeah. Angier had bought yes. a completely different, like, run-down old theater. But
2: he knew that would bring him in, though.
0: Yeah. The, the, the he knew that he wouldn't be able to the, resist. Having yeah. Having yeah. The, okay. Uh, All right. I'll take the uh, drawing him into a trap explanation. Yeah. All right. So as we've kind of discussed already, uh, the opening of this movie involves the two of them just fucking with each other a lot. Like, first Angier shows up to Borden's show and loads a real bullet into a gun and blows off Borden's fingers. (laughs) Which is
2: kind of fun if you think about it.
0: No, that's not fun. No, I
2: mean the idea that they kept one-upping each other. Well, yeah.
0: So that's what I'm getting to is like that is followed up by Borden then goes to Angier's show (laughs) and springs a trap too early that kills the bird that's inside the cage and, and breaks also, the
1: fingers of a, a lady on stage
0: yeah it snaps the the lady volunteer's fingers and after that that really kicks off the like escalating. Uh, lengths that the two of them go to to fuck with each other, but there was a point where after the the birdcage trick, I was like, you know what? If this movie was just ninety <laughs> more minutes of them going to each other's shows and fucking up each other's tricks, I would be here for well, it. See, that's
1: what I, that's that's what I told you earlier today was. Um, I've realized one of my major problems with the movie is the tone. They keep it deadly serious the whole way through. It this escalated into this should have. Veered into black comedy territory, yeah, and it could have easily, with just a few tweaks, with nearly the same ending.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, are, there. Are, I agree
1: with that. Yeah. I do.
0: There, we. I know you disagreed with. I didn't find there to be any comedy in this whatsoever. There were some
1: funny bits.
0: There were, yeah, like him, um, you know, tying the shackles to the prison guard. Okay, that was kind of funny. But, like, all of Nolan's other movies have some element of humor to them. Even Memento, as bleak as the story of Memento is, at least we've got things like, that's funny, I don't feel drunk. Yeah. And, okay, I'm chasing this guy. Oh, no, he's chasing me. Yeah, Like, even the Batman films have a lot of humor in them. This is just so... Dark and pessimistic throughout, Mm -hmm. to the point where even uh, Angier's double is like, if you had seen what I, if you knew what I knew of the world, you'd stay drunk all the time too. Like it's just such a bleak outlook.
2: Well, the the most part was, um, I mean, uh, uh, Julia Sarah Sarah uh, uh, Borden's wife Borden's wife. Um,
0: What hanging herself at the end? Well,
2: no, no. Starting out. Their meat is a really nice meat cute. I mean, they're, they they have a nice sense of humor and nice sense of loving each other and stuff. I, 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 then we go back into who's loving who at the moment. But, but the idea that, well, that their relationship genuinely... was genuinely awesome at the beginning and then... Cut, totally corroded by the end. but, well, but Because still, she could was...
1: tell when when the, the twin she fell in love with right. was actually around her. Right.
0: And I feel like the movie really could have done a better job of letting the audience in, even after the fact, yeah. of, like, once you know the secret, if you go back and look, you can tell which brother was which. Right. Because it isn't... The only things that we were able to concretely agree on were, was that the... Uh, Borden twin that died in prison that got hanged was the one that loved Olivia. Yes, And the one that killed Angier at the end was the one that loved Sarah.
1: Yes, Um,
0: That's it. And there are hints a little bit like... And you can tell when Fallon was the one that loved
1: Sarah because he was more affectionate towards his daughter.
0: Yes. I feel like the movie really could have done a better job cluing the audience in after the fact of who was who. And it might have really helped to... uh, get the audience on board and side more, especially once Angier really goes off the deep end. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so like I said, this was released in 2006, a year after Batman begins Mm -hmm. at this point, Hugh Jackman was mostly known for the X-Men films when watching this now, 15 years later, did you guys still get hung up on the fact that this was Wolverine versus, versus Batman? Batman?
1: No, <laughs> really? Over- no, I didn't. Yeah. It it didn't bother me.
0: Because I remember when I watched this in two thousand six, I was like, okay, like they, the two, the, the two of them were so synonymous with those roles then, that I I was just hung up on Batman versus Wolverine in an act off maybe for two I'd, hours. Maybe
1: if I'd seen it back then, possibly, but it, yeah. it, it it didn't really bother me so much. Yeah, I've
2: I've seen enough of. Uh, jackman's uh more musical theater stuff now to where there was that definite separation between his you know bulky wolverine stuff and mm-hmm. his uh greatest showman type stuff or his nine or whatever it's like uh, lame is lame is stuff so uh there was definitely a clear cut um but there was a lot of batman still left in i mean he just came off of it but uh there was still a lot of Batman left in Christian Bale, especially the, I don't know. Is he the good brother, whichever the, the bad brother uh, right of the, uh, of the Gorman
1: Bordens Bordens. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far <laughs> to call one good and one bad. I would just say that one was more, uh, at least emotionally closed off Close. and more mm-hmm. driven yeah, right. because even, because at the end, the one I'm pretty sure is the one that, that wasn't in love with Sarah. He's the one who ends up under the stage watching the the duplicate die. Uh, he's the at the end. That they was show, the
0: one that loved Olivia, right? He's yeah. the
1: one who he's watching the the duplicate die, and he goes, "Hey, he's drowning! Help!" Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it falls into the even evil has standards yeah. trope. Yeah, um, I agree. Um,
1: but it's well. Uh, this gives me a good moment to talk about this. So the reveal is that we've basically trampled all over. Is at the end. Uh, I'm assuming the what I would call just one of the Alfred's Mm -hmm. the Alfred Borden reveals that they were twins and they Mm -hmm. decided to in order to perfect their craft at magic they decided at some point long ago to just live life as one person Mm -hmm. they would swap in and swap out. But they would live a singular life as Alfred Borden and gaslight every single person in mm-hmm. their life like an asshole.
0: Yeah. One of them was always Alfred. The other was always Fallon. And, but Not always. One of them, at any given point, one of them was Alfred and one was Fallon. Right.
1: And you couldn't tell who was who. And it created obvious havoc for everyone in their life who got close to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just
0: what it's, an asshole yeah. yes
1: it's just I don't care how it's it relates back to my feelings about method acting
0: yes exactly I, that's yes I hate method acting I think I've made it clear on this podcast before and I agree with you Yeah, which
1: is funny These because are, Christian Bale is kind of a method actor but really he's a more responsible one where it's like okay I'm going to Take, undertake this this very, very uh, intense diet to basically be the proper body shape I should be.
0: Yeah, it, it was nice to see um, Christian Bale looking like a normal human being yes. in this movie, not uh, inhumanly thin or uh, overweight or super buff. Like, right. I, I wonder what his thought process was like. You mean I don't have to diet or binge eat or get the gym for this All movie? All I needed
1: was prosthetic chopped off fingers.
0: Yeah. Um, Stan and I were joking about this this morning. Um, Michael Caine got off easy. He's the only person in the movie who gets to use his actual real life dialect.
1: Oh man. Everyone. I think that might've been what drew a lot of people to the movie. It was just like, oh, I get to do an accent too. All right.
0: Right. Like even Christian Bale is British, but he got, had to do the uh, lower class Cockney accent. Um, Hugh Jackman but is Australian. That may be
2: his. That might be his. Original. No, I've heard it, Christian Bale talk in it, real it's, life. It's,
0: yeah, he's just uh, cause, standard RP British.
2: Because I know um, early on with Sid Nancy's the you know um, uh, uh, the Joe Orton story movie, um, he's he's got that hmm. he's got that uh, Cockney draw. So I'm not sure exactly where he's from, but.
0: Well, Hugh Jackman is Australian, and he had to put on both an American accent for most of the movie and then his uh, upper-class British accent at the end—dialect, excuse me. Oh, yes. And then, uh, of course, Scarlett Johansson putting on her best British dialect. (laughs) Um,
1: And then David Bowie doing whatever he thought was Nikola Tesla's (laughs) accent— Nikola Tesla is Serbian. I think yeah. he got close to he, Germanic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even going to question but that. He Just, tried. He, there it, was yeah. an effort. Was,
2: it
1: was really close. There was an attempt. It was close.
0: An attempt was made.
2: And we got to say, this. Scarlett Johansson's really good in this movie. Let's let's she not is. forget to say that she is really good. In, and this is early Scarlet, so it's like she was really. She's really, also really the really
1: catalyst good. for realizing you don't you lose all sympathy for Angier too, because yeah. up to that point, I was like firmly on his side.
0: Olivia is the smartest character in the movie, and if at either point, either Angier or Orr Borden had just listened to Olivia. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the same thing as if anybody in the movie knew CPR, mouth to mouth. The movie just would have been over if she'd been like Angier. You're taking this too far. You're being an asshole. Oh my god, you're right. Don't let the spy on him. (laughs) Movie over.
1: It it really was the fact that like he got involved with Olivia once she was part of Angier's act, and instead, instead of (laughs) sorry, um, he just he had uh, by that point, unfortunately, transferred all of the grief over his wife into. Pure revenge and obsession, uh-huh. to the point where he's just like this person I'm. I'm falling for. I'll use her, and she and she rightly points it out. I'll you're going to use me as a prop.
0: Yeah, I will give the story credit because up until that point in the movie, it is very clearly Angier is the protagonist. He is the sympathetic one. Borden is his antagonist. He is uh, the unsympathetic character. But the moment that uh, and Jir says, "I don't care about my wife. Yeah. I care about the trick." Yeah, you're like, "Oh shit!" He, he now. This is a good segue. Thank you. Into what is our dis- next discussion topic? The gray versus gray morality no. of the film. There is no real protagonist, and realistically, there's no antagonist either. It's just two guys gradually becoming more and more assholes to each other.
2: So we were talking about this earlier, and it's like if there is a protagonist that has a growth arc. In it's this, Cutter. It's Cutter. It's yeah. Michael Caine's character, and, um, it's Cutter, and, and it starts off with his voiceover, and it ends with his voiceover, and so him telling the story of what happened between these, because they're fairly really 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 great music, uh, magicians for both of them, and and so they both had potential to be you know great. Um, artists in their field.
0: If Angier and, and, had Borden's practicality and Borden had oh yeah. Angier's showmanship. Yes.
1: That's that's the that's that's the the thing. It's it's that's the, the at least professionally that's the um conflict is Angier is a Pretty good magician, but he's a great showman. Yeah, mm-hmm. Borden is a great, great magician. magician, but he's a poor. Showman. He's yeah. a yeah. He's not good at attracting people yep. until Olivia sh- sh- shows up and says, "You should jazz us up a little bit." I
2: can help
0: you. Yeah. With that. Again, if he had just listened to Olivia and been like, "You know what? I'm going to put more showmanship into my performances," boom, movie over. And yep. then he was clearly the better of the two of and them. And
1: then, and then,
0: if they had also taken a few
1: minutes and been like, "Okay." We reveal this to Olivia. You love Olivia. She, you know, you guys are you're getting into it. You pretend to be Fallon. You stay Fallon. I stay I stay Borden. You two hook up. We're all happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything works out, except for Angier, whose wife is dead. <laughs> and and drove the woman he loved into the arms of another. Yeah. yeah uh, but he got to meet Tesla, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's that. And he got to fucking clone himself.
1: Yeah. Okay. And See, the, that's that's the, another example of Angier's fall is when he uses the machine, and realize you know realizes it's a duplicator, mm-hmm. and he sees the other him for the first time. You, you you realize he's past a point of no return because his first instinct is to grab the gun, and as his duplicate is protesting and trying to tell him, "Wait, I'm also you," blam shoots him dead.
0: Yeah, I mean and then by proceeds the proceeds
1: to kill every duplicate, and in, in when when he does the trick,
0: I mean. We are, we're supposed to watch the gradual downfall of both of these men as they pretty much occur hand in hand to each other. But by the end of the movie, Borden has accidentally, without malice, killed one person. Angier has murdered an untold number of his own clones.
1: (laughs) <laughs> and, he, and he even says, I don't know, I, I never knew on which night if I was going to be the one in, in the uh, tank or the one on the.
0: And see, I take balcony. issue with this because the movie presents this uh, moral quandary of his as like it's supposed to be highfalutin. Like you said, I never know whether I'm the one in the tank or the one in the balcony. Right. Yeah, you do. The original Borden died. I'm sorry, not Borden. The original Angier yeah. died the first time they performed that trick in front of an audience. Right. Because he is always the one falling through the trap door. The one on the balcony is the clone. Right. That clone dies the next night when he is cloned again. Right. So like this moral quandary that he's having of which one am I? You're the clone, bro.
1: And at that point, and technically the way it clones him doesn't really matter because it splits him into, an, it makes another version of him who has every, all memories and everything up to that moment. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, why? I mean, you, you're killing yourself, basically. Yeah,
0: and even Borden, when the big reveal at the end comes out that uh, uh, Angier is Lord Cor- Col- Caldwell. Lord Caldwell... Even Angier, I'm sorry, God, I keep getting these two fucking Borden. Borden. Yeah, even Borden is like, "Whoa, too fucking far! You framed me for murder, and you're trying to take away my child. You've yeah. gone too far." And because I
1: mean, in, in, <clears> in Angier's mind, he thinks he's doing the noble thing. He's like, "I'm getting my revenge," but don't worry, I'm going to take care of your daughter. She'll right. be fine. It's like that's how he's squaring it away in
2: his head.
0: Yeah, no, it's still a dick move, bro. Yeah,
2: when actually, I, and I and I, am I wrong and Because that's the way I saw, but but Cutter was doing the most of the caring for the daughter, right?
1: Um, Fallon. Uh, up until you know she's taken away. Yeah, but
2: when um, when she gets to Angier's place is uh, because Cutter's not with Angier uh, with As Caldwell. He's got. got He comes
1: to Caldwell. Well, no, he he greets her, but there's no, there's a um, there's a nanny There's a there's a a, a nanny there who takes her.
2: Because there's a whole period of time when. She's, Cutter is not around Angiers and he finally discovers Angiers as Caldwell and Yeah, and it's Brett. when
0: he goes to the house. He only interacts with um, Angier as Caldwell very briefly. Yeah. And, yeah. But then, before he decides to turn on him.
2: And then he says, "I'm going to take care of the daughter and we're going to get your at least your uncle uh, yeah. available to you."
0: Well, uh, if the implication is that the actor oh my god we could go down this rabbit hole <laughs> i think the implication is supposed to be that the alfred borden who shows up at the end the one who survives is supposed to be jess's father yes, yes yes because that's the version that was in love with sarah yes i think we can put a pin in that one <laughs> no for i know now.
2: that that one that one i know for sure and there's a there's a great nod um, Cause boy, that this, would be even more this, downer. This, this was one of my favorite moments of the movie, and it's very subtle and 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 it and it's just before the major reveal reveal. But um, when after whichever Borden is taken off to get hung, and uh, Fallon is coming back to the theater, and Cutter is leaving the theater after officially saying bye to Angiers, and they meet in the street. And they do a nice nod to each mm-hmm. other. That was one of my favorite moments in the idea that, oh, he set this up. Yeah. You know, it's like you...
0: Well, but then, even Cutter has had enough of yeah. Angier's bullshit by the end of the movie. Again, like, that's one of my biggest problems is the film could have done a much better job of telling us uh, which one we are supposed to sympathize with. And I know that Christopher Nolan telling the audience anything is not who he is as a filmmaker. But still, some work could have been done. If you want the audience to sympathize with Angier, some more groundwork needs to be laid. If you want oh, yeah. them to sympathize with um, uh, Borden, more groundwork needs to be laid. At the but very this least, j- he
1: needed to reveal the, what was going on to at least some of the close people in his life.
0: Yeah. But this whole gray and gray morality issue of it, I understand completely that that is what he was going for. And to that extent, Nolan succeeded. It doesn't, in my opinion, make good storytelling. If you don't, if you can't care about the two main characters, protagonist or antagonist, if you can't care about them, then what what is there to get involved with in the story? I don't know. Where's the emotional connection?
1: Because at the end, I really... Here's something that I think should have happened at the end as Andrew's bleeding out for the longest time. <laughs> and they're having... Oh, we got to that part and I looked like, there's still 12 minutes of this movie. Mm-hmm. And they have like a five minute conversation about you know the trick about the tricks. And they should have called each other out so hard. Instead mm-hmm. of going, oh, so it was a duplicator. Oh, so you were twins. It's like, no, you should have been like, you were twins? And you never told anybody?
0: You have a cloning machine? Yeah. What the actual fuck? You and mean he, I can make? Oh my god! Uh, it, Borden could have just made himself another twin. Yes. <laughs> what if that? It, had, it, and what and if they, that what, had been the end of the movie? He clones himself, and he's like, "Hey, I have my brother back."
1: Well, it, that wouldn't have worked. But it would have. It, it would, yeah, it's like it's it, it, the craziest fucking thing. Is it's like they just go, "Hmm, yes, your methods are also unique." Fuck you.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: no. I I really didn't have as many issues with the suspensions of disbelief as y'all did. Um, I really had a good time with. Oh, I could with the stuff. I like I love the magic. I did love the Tom fuckery, and it's just you know. I I could suspend
1: um, my disbelief as uh, the tone I had a severe problem
2: with. There was tone issues, but I think I had more connections with like the Cutters and the Olivias and the Sarahs and such. You know, Everybody so, I, other than
0: the main characters. And I
2: think that's where maybe I was supposed to be driven to. And because these two guys' obsessions, because it's not even Fallon Alfred's obsession. That's, he's just part of... Alfred's Alfred's obsession you know yes. so so it's like the idea that he's finally able to be free of that as well um that's who I hooked on to at the end so it's like if I was to identify with the main characters then then it was him he was my sympathetic character was that Fallon was always trapped in a situation that he was gonna struggle to get out of for a long long time mm-hmm. um Uh, he was obviously the meeker of the twins, you know, the less assertive of the twins, but also the most aggressive, the less aggressive of the the twins and the the more loving.
1: He's the one who says, leave him alone. Leave him alone.
0: Yeah. We need to let this go.
2: And, but other, other Alfred is like, I can't. Yeah. And because of his personality, he's going to be the dominant. And so it's like, but up until then, you are very much geared to like this obsession these guys are having. It's ruining everybody in their vicinity. Yeah, to you the know? point where and, twice and in like, the
1: movie, twi- twice in the movie, the two the, pe- the people closest to them, Cutter to Angier and Olivia to um, Alfred, both
2: literally tell them, "No, I'm out. Goodbye." Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, uh, and then sarah kills herself right mm-hmm. you know and that was to, her way of point, saying no
1: i'm out goodbye even though yeah. we've
2: had spent a lot of the movie the beginning of the movie fall you know falling for her you know and becoming you know engrossed in their relationship even when and she,
0: rebecca hall is wonderful and
2: rebecca, rebecca hall the 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 female cast uh is great i mean even the even the the girl who plays the daughter is mm-hmm. is they are all great and, and piper
0: parabo for all uh, yes, the two P- scenes that she's piper in piper
2: parabo is wonderful um but it's just the it's just amazing um how much you are or at least i was geared to finding your sympathies amongst the supporting cast and uh, and even with even with Cutter, you know, it's because Cutter was the voice of reason all the way through, and he mm-hmm. was saying it all the time. And it's like nobody listened to him. And he, he's the old guy; you should be listening to him, you know. And it's like, and he's done the tricks.
0: I feel like that's your subtle way of telling us we should be listening to you. It's
2: not happening. No, no. What ahead. I'm saying, what I'm saying is that he's done the tricks. He's been at the tricks. He's he's been there even before them you know right he's but if been that's around if that's going to be created he, he's the what do they get the but, engineer um uh he create he creates the mechanics of the tricks but sam they're know, also
1: so. younger and hungrier so they're looking that, for better ways to do them
2: and he says that cutter says that in the voiceovers and stuff is like this is gonna take them to bad places but let's see where the story goes yeah that's how innovation works sounds. look at tesla
0: exactly and and in order for that to have worked, Cutter or Olivia or Sarah, one of them should have been the protagonist yeah. with Borden and Angier as the people in their lives that are slowly ruining it. And, th- and then, Because then we have a protagonist that we are sympathetic yes. towards and we want to succeed. We don't ever at any point. The main crux of a story should be wanting to see the main characters succeed at whatever their goal is. At no point did I ever want to see either Angier or Borden succeed. Even,
1: even if they're not the best person, I mean, because going back to M- Memento, um, it's like you find out. I mean, the main character there. I mean, Lenny
0: does some bad shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: he does. But at the same time, there's enough to him where he's like, I, I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him make his goal, yeah. even though you find out, you know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of impossible. Yeah. But, but jumping to here is like. At least for me, Borden was almost entirely unsympathetic from the start. And then almost by halfway into the movie, Angier loses his, mm-hmm. his my my feelings of sympathy. And then, so what am I left with? I'm left with over an hour of just watching this a death march to its conclusion.
0: And watching two men gotcha each other. Yeah. Well, I know that it seems like we've spent uh, the last uh, almost 45 minutes shitting on this movie. There is a lot to like in it. There is uh like as unsympathetic as their characters are Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale are great and well, they're the fantastic um fantastic. so is every like the, there's not a weak link in the cast it's beautifully shot um the cinematography is just brilliant um i i was reminded while watching it last night of how much i love the energy of Nolan's editing um
1: it was funny to me when you're talking about the cast is like When I saw David Bowie show up as Tesla, I was like, how do you stunt cast a movie like this?
0: (laughs) Well, you throw Tesla in it, and then you cast David Bowie to be Tesla. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I appreciate most about the movie is Nolan's use of foreshadowing throughout and as Chris and I discussed both good and bad mm-hmm. subtle and very unsubtle foreshadowing
1: <laughs> I likened it to I mean when when he does it well it's great in the movie because when I, when things connect it's like oh that's okay I see now yeah. And then there was other times where it's like, I just imagine him like an overexcited kid who was like, okay, this is part is going to be so good. Okay, here's a little bit now, and then you're going to see how we get there. Okay?
0: Well, it starts with, um, early in the movie, Cutter sends Angier and Borden to see a Chinese magician um, to figure out how he does a certain trick. And Angier, I'm sorry, Borden figures it out, like, almost immediately, and Angier is really struggling with it and when they're watching this old man walk out of the theater afterwards he's hunched over he is he looks sickly he's
1: trembling until like arthritic
0: yeah but borden tells angier it's all an act he is he's whenever committed. he's in public that's what he's committed to so that no one thinks that he is strong enough to pull off the trick, which requires him to hold a very heavy fishbowl between his legs while hunched over and also maneuver it during the trick. Mm -hmm. Very early foreshadowing that this is the same kind of public lie that Borden is also living Mm -hmm. with his twin. And he is also so committed to the lie that he doesn't let it down even in private. Nope. Um, At one point, we see them performing the... um, the crushed bird trick where you, you, the audience thinks you crushed it, but Oh, then it reappears. Well, they're actually crushing a bird and then making one reappear. I'm sorry. And then pulling out another bird and so early on in the movie, one of them is killed. Now, is it Angier or Borden who says to the other bird, today you've been the lucky one? Borden. Yeah, it's Borden.
1: Because Borden, Borden does the trick. That's how he meets Sarah. And that's Sarah right. has her, the nephew notices.
0: And that's right. So Borden says to the, the bird that survived, today you're the lucky one. Mm-hmm. Well, by the end of the film, one of them is not the lucky one. Right. One of them is and gets to survive. The other gets hung. Um, you're talking about the, uh, the magic show where he meets Sarah. hmm uh, Sarah's nephew starts crying and, uh, over the death of the bird and um, uh, Borden is trying to reassure him no, no, the bird is still alive and the little boy says but what about his brother?
1: Yep. And he goes, I'm ah, very observant. Yeah. And um, also, and Sarah is also a very big key to this because she often notes when uh, Borden either means it or doesn't mean it when he says he loves her. Yes. And she is like, ah, oh, you mean it today.
0: Yeah. And on some and on some level, she either outright knew or she suspected that there was some kind of tomfuckery she, going on. I don't
1: think she a hundred percent knew because when they're in the shouting match toward the end of the movie, she's wanting him to just come clean with it. She knows something's up, but mm-hmm. it, not exactly what. She wants him to come clean.
0: Yeah. I just I really appreciated his use of foreshadowing throughout the movie. Um and then but as you Pointed out. Also, there's some very unsubtle foreshadowing, the, like the fact that the movie starts with the field of cloned hats.
1: Right. It's during Michael Caine's voiceover. They show the hats. So when you get to the point where Tesla puts his hat under the electricity, I immediately, I immediately, and nothing, and like nothing seemingly happens to the hat. I go, it's a duplicator.
0: hmm And that is the perfect segue, Chris. Thank you very much for our last discussion topic which is, does the inclusion of science and cloning and teleportation ruin the premise of the movie, which is two magicians fucking each other over?
1: Not really. Well, at least not for me, because it seems like that theme runs parallel uh, with Tesla and his struggles versus what they're struggling with. Um, And also, it starts earlier than Tesla, because uh, early on, Cutter... And, uh, and you invent that machine that makes the, the bird disappearing cage trick until Borden fucks it up. Uh, something, that, something that they're able to do without killing a bird.
0: Right. Even that is still reliant on a trick. Like oh, that is yeah. reliant on a wire up a sleeve.
1: Well, not necessarily a wire up a sleeve. There's like a whole back brace thing that has to be like jacked into
2: position.
0: Mm-hmm. Stan, what do you think? Does the inclusion of science ruin the magical, the illusion aspect of it?
2: Um, I, I didn't think so. I, because there is, you know, the whole idea of magic and science going hand in hand and, you know, the, through evolution as we know it, you know, and innovation as we know it is like, um, what is magic now? And what is actually science coming out? And, and, uh, but, uh, my thing, what I liked about the Tesla inclusion was the introduction of the battle between Tesla and Edison, you know, and then you having Edison's men coming after, you know, and being in the same place as Angier's uh, when he's trying to get to Tesla and the duplicator machine and, or this machine that he thinks um, Borden has received right. from Tesla and uh, which Borden has no, <laughs> no. Oh no, it was just a trick to give him to fuck <clears> off to America. Trick yeah. to fuck off to America, and uh, uh, but you get the Edison issue, and um, and then we also get Andy Circus, which you yeah. know Andy Circus in anything for me doing the best accent work, doing yeah. the best. But he can be in anything, and he's going to raise the bar yeah. on that or at least those scenes that he's in. But the idea that I liked. Um, and again, this goes back to you know what was in the book and what wasn't in the book, and that uh, Christopher and uh, his brother Jonathan put into the movie. I mean, I'll never uh, know. I'm, I'm not
1: reading the book, so
0: yeah, same.
2: Right, and it's like um, how much of the Tesla Edison rivalry was evident in the book, and so should have that been even increased, you know, or should have been not included at all, but I really I, enjoyed. I think
1: what was there was enough because it just highlighted the same it, parallel it, between. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The because
2: they were very obsessive in their rivalry oh, yeah, it was together. R- so the Edison and Tesla rivalry was very about obsession and Edison wins that one, you know? And so it's like the idea that that's correlating with the Angiers and Borden obsessions with each other. Um, and who wins that one? And 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 I don't think either of them win in the sense. No,
0: no one actually I mean, wins in this story.
2: Uh, uh, Fallon
0: comes the closest. Comes the
2: closest and is able to, in the sense have that a he life.
1: is able to, yeah, yeah, just go off and hopefully raise his daughter and yes. not fuck around with this again. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but even then, like he murdered a man and his wife is dead. Yes. Uh, oh, I think well, I'm sorry. didn't Well, I was just going to say this has always been my biggest issue with the movie. Uh, you know, uh, the other plot points aside, like the unsympathetic protagonist uh, aside, at its core, this is a movie. Well, OK, at its core, this is a, a movie about two men continuing to fuck each other over. It's the cycle of revenge and obsession and mm-hmm. the effect that it has on a person. But once you add the element of magic to it, it's to magicians who are locked in a cycle of revenge, to illusionists. And everything they do is always seeking the next level of perfection in their craft. And however it is that that works for them, for Angier it was employing a double. For Borden it was employing his twin. But it's always still in the same realm of illusion. As soon as Angier included science into this, it no longer became about illusion. Angier stopped being a magician at that point, and the story stopped being about the illusions. It became about science science fiction, fiction, which is not present in any of the rest of the movie.
1: I think what both the book and the Nolans were trying to, to push was a play on that clever phrasing of any sufficiently involved uh, technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah. It seems to be that kind of thing.
2: And, and also it it showed it they all would say it. Showed the level of obsession and op- psychopathology that Angiers has reached where because even though we may not like Borden, he he never went for that that ultimate um thing of
0: because the he was the, he was the true illusionist he was the true
2: illusionist and it's like so it's like you get somehow angiers discovers this magical thing that's really really magical you know it's like a bunch of electrons you know able to teleport something or or duplicate something you know and and so he had had an actual machine that he thought was what borden had and it's like but he has reached this pinnacle of obsession that will uh, will prove to be what drives him off the edge completely and i think sarah's alfred recognized that and that's why he said we're not going to mess with this anymore yes
0: yeah um It's also always annoyed me that the movie supposes that uh, Nikola Tesla, in the 1800s...
1: It was early 1900s. Early 1900s, fine. Yeah, it's around that time.
0: invented a cloning teleportation machine with limited resources... And no one since then was ever able to recreate oh, that technology. It was
1: locked away in a magician's vault.
0: Sure it was, but Nik- <laughs> Nikolai Tesla was not like the last of his kind. No, and he
1: he's also a man who in real life tried to uh, actually and publicly
2: uh, invent a death ray and couldn't.
0: And God bless him, I wish he had. <laughs> like, how much easier would life be now if we had death rays?
2: But that's also one of the that's one of the things about touching on the rivalry rivalry between Edison and Tesla is that for all intents and purposes, te- yeah, he might have the capability of creating a death ray, but the stuff that he did that ended up being used for that could have been used for stuff he turned away from. Where Edison Edison didn't really have a problem, you know instigating the stuff that he
0: took.
1: All I'm going to say is uh, introducing that buried the lead because this is now a reality where that kind of thing can happen. (laughs) Exactly. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to see the prestige. Who cares about magicians now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the prestige too. Um, You know, somebody discovered... Laser blasters everywhere. Yeah, somebody (laughs) discovered Tesla's uh, cloning teleportation machine and and the world has gone crazy. Yeah, Like, there are just endless doubles. Like, the United States military just... Picks the most perfectly physically fit people in the world and just endlessly clones them, and now we have an army.
2: Because that's Andy Circus's reasons for being his character's reasons for it. Because he's the guy that basically because Tesla's going off on his stuff, you know, and creating all his stuff, but he doesn't really have a a buffer to say, "Oh, this has gone too far." Where where that's why he has Andy Circus's character. Well, so Circus
0: doesn't okay. Circus. If that's supposed to be his job, um, Ali, yeah, Ali's character, I'm sorry, Circus's character, Ali, fails horribly at that job because he was going to let Tesla zap, and he did let Tesla zap his cat and clone it with electricity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But then he realized that, oh, shit, Edison's boys are here. It's like... Maybe well, yeah, gone that, too far. that we need, just reminded me that makes do...
1: Angier's decision to shoot his duplicate even worse because he knows what was
2: going to happen if yeah, he used yeah. that machine. Of course, he does. That's why
0: he had a loaded and, gun sitting and next that's to. That's
2: why I am. That's why I side with. If I side with any of them, it's going to be the Borden. You know, uh,
0: the Borden, the the Borden, the Borden's,
2: the, yeah, the twins. Uh, they are the Borden uh, because <clears throat> I side because with none of them. Angier the got immersed in a point, their souls that is irredeemable
0: i side I with heard. olivia smartest character in the movie yes. she got out at the right time before either one of them got her killed
2: And
1: Cutter, i assume literally cut ties with borden after he takes his daughter away I was just like mm-hmm.
2: done with that and, yep. and i really believe that we are purposely guided in that way that we identify with the olivia and that we identify with the cutter more and we Or sympathize, maybe not identify, but sympathize with them and that we go and and then so it allows us to become more spectators to to the sport of these guys fucking each other over, you know, Um, I think we're purposely driven that way.
0: All right. Well, I feel like that ramps up our discussion about the prestige. Um, coming up next week, if we all have uh, coordinating schedules to sit down and do it, uh, the WWE has SummerSlam coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I
1: so I don't know if it's happening. <laughs> uh,
0: it'll it'll happen. I mean, SummerSlam's happening. SummerSlam's definitely happening. When when we're going to record that episode of This Is a Work? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my lovely wife Katie is here in the room with us. Hon, we really need to do more uh, teeny talks, don't we? Yeah, that sounds like a really lofty commitment. It really does. <laughs> maybe, maybe there'll be more teeny talks coming. Um, and so the next month, our uh, Nolan discussion is going to continue with all three Dark Knight films 2005's Batman Begins, 2008's The Dark Knight, and 2012's The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, so. Until then, Stan. If people want to reach out to you online, where can they do that at? Okay, yep. thank you, Stan. <laughs> Chris, if people want to find you online or reach out to you, where can they do that at?
1: Oh, they can they can <clears throat> uh, go to Stan and t- and ask him. Yep. <laughs> it is um, it is Chris the Okay on Twitter.
0: All right, and you can uh, find me there too. <clears throat> You can.
1: Oh yeah, I speak for Stan. Yeah, just send anything my way. I'll I'll tell you what he thinks.
0: That's probably he's better off letting you speak it's for him. True. All right, <clears throat> I got to change up my end of I'm the episode. Older one. I got to change up my end of episode speech here. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us. But you can't search for Long Walk Productions or Long Walk Podcasts or me on Facebook because fuck Facebook to see more of our original works or hear episodes that are no longer streaming you can follow the youtube links in the show notes <clears throat> so thank you very much for listening <clears throat> hold on my voice is going up. oh no zuckerberg's launching his <clears throat> attack yeah zuckerberg has <laughs> sucked me well let me try to do that outro Zucker all zuckerberg. over again <clears throat> my voice is super scratchy now god the 5g chip that was in the vaccine is getting me <clears throat> Get let me the try that fucking again. vaccine. The reception at our house has never been better. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. got to change up my outro tonight. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us on Long... <laughs> <laughs> <Ha>! On Long? <laughs> on Long at Line Walk. Take three.
1: You're going to have to wait a second. I know.
2: <gasps> I'm good.
0: Okay. So this is... Uh, Listeners, this is my attempt number three at an outro. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us. At the moment, all of our Facebook links are disabled, perhaps permanently, maybe only temporarily. Who knows? If you want to see more of our original content or hear episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoyed this show or any of the shows on this network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on.
2: Peace out. Are you listening
1: closely?